Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our Slay the Giant podcast. We have been on a little break, but it was a good break because I had the opportunity to do some things, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. But I really appreciate all of my listeners for joining me again because I believe today's topic is going to bless your life as usual. Um, Again, welcome back, uh, Slay the Giant family. I love y'all. Y'all have been writing uh, reviews. You have been commenting on Facebook and and, uh, Instagram, and you've been telling me all about, um, you know, the podcast, the book, and I'm just honored to be able to serve you in whatever capacity, whether it's via, you know, a mentor for you, someone that you can relate to, whatever, your sister in Christ. Um, I appreciate you and I thank you for listening every week. I really do appreciate it. I don't take that lightly um, for, you know, you doing that. Um, So just to share a little bit about what has been happening in my life, um, the Lord has been good. Um, Currently, I am finished with the school year. (laughs) As far as the students um, are concerned, as an administrator in the school, um, I am, you know, back in the building and preparing for next year, um, which we're looking forward to. And so I've been doing a lot of preparation and thinking and processing for the new school year. And then ministry-wise, we've been traveling and getting to share Surrender with the World, which we're going to talk about a little bit more today. And I'm just so grateful for that. Got a chance to travel to Arkansas and preach there. And we preached on the anointing of God and um, we got to share our surrender books. And many people were blessed by the book. Today, I am going to be sharing a little bit more about the book because I've gotten so many questions and so much feedback about the book Surrender, When God Says No. Uh, Many people have read it and have told me how blessed you are, how it has really uh, changed your thinking, challenged you, shocked you, all of those different feelings. Um, And I just wanted to share a little bit about, you know, why surrender, why the book surrender when God says no, and then just share a little bit about my heart relating to some of the things I talked about, because I I feel it's just, you know, necessary for me to kind of share my heart on that. Um, Because I've got so many individual questions and um, I just want to talk a little bit with you today. So I hope you enjoy this journey. And, you know, at any point, please comment, send me a message, an email, um, you know, at the end of this so that we can, you know, further dialogue because this is a journey for me. Uh, The surrendered life is a journey and I believe it's a journey for many of you as well. Because you have things in your life as well as mine um, where we are trusting God to guide us and lead us. Um, And maybe we have a plan like I did of what you wanted to do and how you wanted to do and how you saw your future. And, um, you know, things, some of those things have come to pass and others have not. And so at that point, you know, we all have to come to a place where we say, you know what, Lord, whatever you desire for my life is what I want. Not my will, but thy will be done. And I understood that, and I'm I'm currently learning that even now um, as I progress in this journey. Um, So some people say, why surrender and why now? Why the name surrender? Why um, when God says no? Um, And it all stemmed from just occurrences in my life, as I shared in the book, different things that have happened and that I've gone through, that I've experienced, where, you know, I thought maybe 
it was going to be one way. Like I talked about the house I was going to get. I thought I was going to get this other house. <laughs> and the Lord was like, no, actually, I'm going to give you the house that you really, really wanted. <laughs> and um, I'm going to exceed your expectations. And so I've learned along the way that when God says no, sometimes it's a no. Sometimes it's a not yet. And sometimes he's saying, that's not quite what I want to, the direction I want you to go in. So I need you to go this way. Um, and I've learned along the way that when God is saying no, not yet, um, or make a detour, I'm learning to be okay with that. I'm learning to say, God, I trust you with your plan. I trust you, um, whatever your will is. And I, I think about Genesis 22, when Jesus tells Abraham to go to a mountain and sacrifice his only son, Isaac, um, his only son, because the, his other son, Ishmael, um, was um, a child from uh, Hagar, uh, their concubine, or the woman who was uh, designated to have um, their son, um, Sarah and Abraham's son. Um, but Isaac was the son of promise. Isaac was the one that God had promised him. And, and the Lord had told him, hey, go to the top of this mountain. And when you get up there, you're going to sacrifice your son. So Abraham, in total obedience to God, trusting and believing that God was going to do what he promised he was going to do, and trusting that even if he sacrificed Isaac, that God could, has the power to resurrect him, he said, I'm going to take him up to the mountain. But he said something so powerful um, before going up the mountain. He said to those who were at the bottom with them, he said, we'll be back. So myself and the lad will be back. Me and the boy will be back, which meant that he was going to the top of the mountain to sacrifice his son. But he trusted God that when they got back down to the bottom of the mountain, that either God was going to raise him back up or God was going to provide a miracle, which he did. So while he was going up to the top of the mountain, you know, preparing to sacrifice his son, Isaac, the son of promise. Um, you know, Isaac is a teenager at this time. So able to run away, walk away, say no. Um, and so when they get to the top of the mountain, he says, father, you know, I see the wood, I see the, um, burnt offering, but where's the sacrifice? And right when he said that, that's when Abraham saw that there was a ram in the thicket. There was a ram caught in the bush. And then the Lord said, stop what you're doing. Don't sacrifice your son, but look at the ram that is in the thicket. And that's what I want you to actually sacrifice. And so I've learned that when God tells you to do something and it's a yes, 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 yes. A go, 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 go. And when you get to the top of that mountain, if God says, actually, what I really had in store for you was behind there, right behind there, it's a ram that's caught in a thicket. I've learned to make the adjustment and to obey God, even when God says, I know that's what I originally told you. And in your mind, you thought you were going to do this. But what my pl actual plan was, I wanted you to sacrifice the ram in the bush. And I've learned to just go along with the detours, just as Abraham did. And so I am in that faith journey, as well as many of you, where you're saying, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. It may not make sense in the moment that, you know, God had promised Abraham to be a father of many nations. And then he's going to sacrifice the son who was going to bring that to fruition. You know, he would need more than Isaac to be the father of many nations. And so, you know, you just have to learn and we all have to learn how to trust God, even when it doesn't make sense. The Bible talks about he will take the foolish things to confound the wise. And not everything is going to make sense in the moment. Not all of the pieces of the puzzle are going to come together like you thought it should or you thought it would. Or maybe your 10 year, you know, five year 
whatever your plan it did not work out the way you thought it was going to work out in your mind but know that god has a plan in a way that he wants you to take and so i have learned even throughout the process of writing and now you know spreading it and telling other people about it i have learned to just do what god tells us to do even when it doesn't make sense in the moment and there have been so many testimonies that people have called me and said, you know what, Ashley, there's a part in the book that is just really ministering to me right now. I, I am at that same stage that you were in. I am growing. I am, you know, developing. I thank you for your transparency. There have been so many comments about the authenticity of the book, the transparency in the book. And in all honesty, you know, I have been one who have lived very privately. I'm a very private person. Um, but the Lord has shared with me that, you know, especially to reach the next generation, of this generation, uh, millennials, Gen Xers, that there needs to be a level of authenticity and honesty and just transparency about the things that God has brought us out of. I am not in the season I was in the book, but I am in a different season. And in order for other people to know what you've walked through and say, oh my goodness, if you could walk through this, I know that I can get through this. I, If you could walk through, you know, dealing with, you know, job um, removals or, or, you know, losing your job or being transitioned from your job, or, or if you can deal with heartbreak and if you can deal with different pains that come with grief and, and loss and all of these different things, if you can deal with that, I know for a fact that you can deal with all these other things that are coming, you know, your way. And so you sometimes you can look at other people's lives and say, oh my God, that's such a testimony and I've, I, I know if that person who struggled is able to overcome and now testify about it how much more can I also do it um, because God is no respecter of persons and the same blessing and miracle that he provided for that person I know that he can do for me as well so that's what I want you to take away from all of the transparency and the honesty you know I Although I lived in the fishbowl, a lot of people may have said, you know, may have seen us out, you know, growing up in a pastor's home and, you know, in ministry, um, they may have seen us, but a lot of people didn't know some of the things that I had gone through or struggled with, or even some of the triumphs that I had in my life. And I felt like it was just an opportunity for me to share those things and um, be honest about it. And why now? I think now is the ultimate time because there are so many um, words of advice going out there. There are so many people who are saying their truth and, you know, declaring what they believe. But I believe that as believers, we have to stand up and be honest about our stories and also give scripture and help other people to get to where they need to be in God and grow in the word. Um, another major question that, um, folks have asked is what were your fears in writing the book? And, you know, there were different ideas that came up, you know, with, oh, well, if you share too much, you know, you may lose opportunities and you may not be able to, you know, go to different places because you've shared. Um, but the Lord had already put in my spirit that, um, this book is going to touch many people and it's going to bless more people than anyone who may have criticisms or may have things to say about it. It's just going to minister to people's heart. And I can't worry about critics. There will always be critics. Remember that um, when you go to do something, there will always be opposition or negativity, but you have to push through the negativity and do what God told you to do. I had a young lady come to me and say, you know what? I was dealing with a situation where I was in a really bad relationship and I was just a going along with it and not recognizing recognizing that there weren't boundaries in place. There were things that I was just ignoring, red flags. And she said, you know, the book really helped me to like step out of that situation and recognize who I am. Cause the book talks about 
self-worth and knowing who you are and knowing your value um, and, you know, knowing who you are and adding interest to it. Um, so there was so many parts of the book that she was saying like, oh my gosh, this really blessed me. And I can't always, when, when God tells me to do something, I can't look at the negative side of it because that will, that's what the enemy wants me to see. He doesn't want me to see all of the victories and the testimonies and the young ladies and the young men who are now going to lift up a different standard and make a different choice, you know, to walk in holiness and righteousness before the Lord. And so, um, sometimes when you're doing something, there are things that are going to make you afraid, but do it afraid, do it anyway. Like take the leap of faith. So what if you make a mistake or you fail? Like, you know, what human has not failed and what, what successful person has not failed. Anytime you want to be successful, you got to understand that there may be a little bit of failure along the way, but recognize that if God is for you, who can be against you? And I know that there are so many people who um, are praying for me, my family who are praying for the success of this book. More people are praying than are saying negative things. So I had to look at that and um, really it wasn't even negativity from anyone. It's really the voices of the enemy who tries to convince you that, oh, you shouldn't do X, Y, Z. But we can't allow those negative voices to stop what God is telling us to do. Do what he told you to do and don't worry about it. Let, leave it in God's hands. What I was confident in was that God had given me the content for the book. There were pieces of the book that I had people edit and read and, you know, we kind of took out. We made adjustments. Um, you know, we revised certain parts of the book at times. And so I had to look back and say, you know what, God, you gave me this idea. You positioned me to write it. You opened the door. You gave me the people to read it and to check the content and make sure that it was on point. So I just got to trust that whatever is put out there is going to help somebody grow and expand in their life, in their future. And that's my deepest prayer is that somebody is able to hear the stories, the testimonies, the, the even read the prayers and recognize that there's a lot of Holy Spirit and a lot of Holy Ghost in this. And, you know, just to encourage you and to strengthen you along the journey. Because one thing I know is that when you are authentic and you are transparent about your journey, it makes the connection with people you are around and, and those you are in church with. It makes the connection so much more deeper um, when people can know what you are about. And I'll, also, you don't tell everything, right? So I didn't tell everything, but I did tell enough where you understood where I was coming from. And I find joy in helping other people through my testimony. And the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. One of the things that this generation is craving is authenticity and transparency. That's what they tell me. Even as I work in a middle school, they tell me they want to know that you are real, that you are human, that you have flaws, that you have different things that you're struggling with. You are wise in the way that you share it, but you have to be willing to share your story, your testimony, because it's going to bless somebody. Nobody knows what you don't know the impact of the story that you can, you know, provide to somebody else. I believe that, you know, we have to be authentic and we have to be okay with sharing um, our story. We, we can't worry about what others are going to think or say. It's a testimony. You've been delivered from it. You've been pulled out of it. It's not about, you know, kind of dig up the skeletons, but it's really trying to say, this is what the Lord has brought me out of. And because he delivered me out of it, I know that he can deliver you too. And so that, that's one of the reasons why I wrote it. That's one of the reasons why I said, I'm going to do it. And I understood this also, um, you know, if you've ever had a scrape or a cut, you know, that that wound leaves a pain. 
um, that wound, sometimes when you have an open uh, cut, there may be pain connected to it. But as it heals, you no longer have the pain. And, and, and as time progresses, it may be many years later that it, it has healed, but you still have a scar. Um, but we do understand that although there may be a scar, the pain is no longer there. And so, you know, I believe that it's okay to show the scar, you know, after many years of it being healed, after many years of you nursing it and taking care of it, you may not talk about it as often, but it rep it's that scar there is representing something that you've gone through and that God has delivered you out of. And it's okay to show your scars. It's okay to show that you have things that you are working through or have worked through and that God has delivered you out of. It's okay. But I want you to actively be working on deliverance, right? But it's okay to show those scars. It's okay to be transparent. It's okay to be honest about the fact that you were hurt or that you've dealt with things that made you cry. You dealt with things that let, get, gave you pain or you you are still struggling with things. It's okay to say that. Um, and I think that's where we have to get as a society, as a generation. And the church has to be okay with people being honest with their story. Too often, we come into church not with our mask around our face, but with a mask on our you know, not the mask that we're wearing for COVID, but a complete mask. And, um, you know, the mask of, you know, I have it all together or my life is perfect or I've never done anything or I've never seen anything or I've never been a part of anything I've not regretted. That's not true. We all have things that we are uh, not proud of in, in the moment. But, you know, we have to also understand that the grace of God is so great and so wide and so... Um, widespread and, and, and it helps all of us. His grace covers us. His grace forgives us. His grace loves on us. And so we have to be okay with other people sharing their scars and other people sharing their stories and letting the world know like, hey, it's okay to show your scars. And that's the way we're healed. When we can share with somebody else, hey, I'm, I'm going through this or I went through that and um, I am coming out of it and I need your support. I need your prayer. I need your love. Um, or even, you know, when I share my story, people are more honest with me now with where they are. I mean, I, people walk up to me and tell me their whole life story now that they've read the book or, you know, I was even, um, you know, in another secular event and they were asking me about the book and t commenting about different things um, that came up in the book. And I just think it's powerful when, you know, you share your story and you're honest and you're open and you're willing to be who God has called you to be. I have decided that I'm just going to be a vessel for God. I have completely died to Ashley and Ashley's agenda and Ashley's desire. And I said, you know what, Lord, whatever you want me to do, if you want me to write a book and tell these things and, you know, give to the world what you have given to me, I will do it. Whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Um, and I pray that you have gotten the spirit of what was shared and what was given to you, because I believe that it's going to bless you. Um, and, and I want to encourage you, share the book with a young woman, share the book with a young man who may be dealing with a situation where they don't know what to do. When you don't know what to do, surrender, surrender, give it to God, give it to Jesus and say, Lord, whatever you want to do, I'm willing to do it. Whatever you want to do in my heart, whatever you want to do in my mind, my soul, I'm willing to do what you want me to do. And whether that's going to be causing me to, you know, stay still in a season and remain or whether that's causing me to elevate or move forward or, you know, transition, whatever you're calling me to do, Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm open. Repeat after me. Say, I'm open, Lord, for whatever you want to do in my life. I'm open. 
Whatever you want to do, Lord, I am open. I will obey. If you tell me to move to Texas, I'm going. I'm packing my bags tomorrow. If you tell me to leave this relationship, I will leave it. No questions asked. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. If you tell me that I need to stay planted in my current church, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, I'm going to do it. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I am open. I am willing to do it. These words are so simple until you actually have to live it. But let me tell you, the life of surrender is a beautiful life to live because when you surrender to God, you see everything that he has in store for you. Some of you have lived this life and you have seen partially what God has promised you because you have only partially obeyed. But I want to tell you, if you give God a complete yes today, give God a complete Yes, Lord, whatever you want me to do, whatever you have called me to do, I will do it. I'll say yes, Lord, yes to your will and to your way. We sing the song, but do we really mean it? Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. If you call me to this, I'm going to do it. If you call me to open up a ministry or start a uh, lead a worship song, whatever you want me to do. It may sound crazy in the moment. But be open to the spirit of God, be open to hearing his voice, and be open to surrendering to whatever God wants you to do. Today, I thank you for joining me again. I appreciate your time. We'll talk a little bit more about surrender as the weeks go by, but thank you so much for listening. Please listen up for our other podcasts and join us uh, in the coming weeks with more information about the surrender life. Have a great week. God bless you.